This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Enchanted Ears Podcast. Christian, man, how have you been enjoying Disney Plus? You know, I've really been getting into like the old cartoons like X-Men, the animated series, and then I've even been trying to catch up on Clone Wars. Well, you know what? I found the perfect companion podcast to guide you through the app and all things Disney. All right, but what's it called? Enchanted Ears Podcast. Join them every Monday as they discuss the latest happenings at the Magical Kingdom of Disney. And they discuss all the movies that we love, from like the MCU, Star Wars, Pixar, and TV shows like The Mandalorian. Plus, they're frequent visitors of the Disney theme parks around the world, so they can share top tips on how to plan your next vacation. Alright, well, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Podbean, and most of your favorite podcast platforms. That's Enchanted Ears Podcast. Anything and everything Disney. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 107th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Setting new course through amphibious planets. Unencrypting files for TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, Christian, we are back, kind of. This past month, we've been doing a lot of special episodes. We had a 2020 preview. Uh, 2020 horror preview. We did a year in review for 2019. So we've been kind of busy, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, but we're going to kind of get back into the groove of things. Because we have to. <laughs> yes. We got a lot of catching up to do. Exactly. But I mean, just look at those previews. We have so much content coming out this year. Yes. Yes. We're already behind movie wise. Exactly. Somehow. And we're what, like three weeks into January. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? Let's just hit the ground running. Before we get into the news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right, starting off, we got Captain Marvel 2 in development with WandaVision writer for 2022 release. Yeah, so there's actually no official release date, um, but people were kind of, you know, I don't know, people were questioning why it hasn't been on the schedule yet, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes sense. Um, There was rumors going around that uh, some of the executives weren't necessarily happy with Captain Marvel. Um, Watching it again with my daughter... I understand why that fucking second act is brutal, man. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a slow second act. It is. It is. I enjoyed the movie overall, but man, I don't know. I don't know how rewatchable it is. Hmm. So, uh, but we finally have, you know, some official word that, you know, this project is moving forward, um, which I'm happy about overall. Uh you know, the WandaVision writers are getting a lot of praise right now um, behind the scenes. So it seems like a good fit. We know uh, Monica Rambeau is actually in WandaVision. So this could be a nice transition. Exactly. Um, That's what I was thinking. I was like, it, it, are they bringing her on because maybe um, the, the writer on because she's worked with the character already? And 
maybe they're just going to integrate that or something like that. I mean, it wouldn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, Kevin Foggy is currently searching for a female director to helm the sequel. Uh, the sequel will be set in present day, which I think is good news. I didn't want another like period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there's a good chance that it's going to kind of address like the state of the galaxy. Um, you know, maybe we'll see Sword. There were those leaked photos that came out from the set of WandaVision where it looked like there was some like military personnel wearing a uh, sword uniforms. Mm-hmm. So they at least had like the sword patch on which you know everyone's mind was kind of blown because you know no one has any clue what the fuck is going on with wandavision uh so it it seems like it's going to all kind of tie together so definitely probably a perfect fit for you know the writer to be on board you know with captain marvel too so um good news overall for the mcu though so what would you want out of this movie christian out of a sequel? I mean, if it does have to do with Monica, I'd like to see... I feel like the time period is, is enough as well yeah. for her to grow up and everything. Yeah, we've I'd like it. to see another... Because like, I did enjoy the buddy cop elements from the first one as, as much as they dragged in the middle. See, I felt like that dragged <laughs> it down. I feel like if done better, it could be more entertaining. So you I, want Fury to be part of this? No, I think um, her and Monica would be an interesting um, duo. Would the dynamic be right for that? Because it's probably more of a, like, not mother and daughter, but, you know, an aunt and, you know, niece relationship between the well, yeah, two. I imagine, you know, there's probably a weird, um, like, Monica, I, I imagine it's going to be, you know, more centered on Earth compared to um, Captain Marvel at, in the MCU version, at least. Do you feel like it's going to be a like a mentor like you know role for uh carol and she's yeah. going to be kind of like maybe monica somehow develops powers i have no clue how they're going to set that up <laughs> we do know in the actual marvel comics monica does become captain marvel mm. at one point so now she goes by photon but um it, it seems like you know they're going that route with the character it only makes sense uh i don't do you feel like it's going to be kind of a mentor like mentory like you know, I would imagine it'd be mentory, but I for some reason I just get this vibe that they might go with a a resentment role type of thing. Really? Okay, that's interesting. I don't know how that would work out, but <laughs> at least that's I what I would just write. Your negative personality seeping <laughs> through, but that's fine. Um, I want more focus on Carol because I felt like the problem, and especially when I rewatched it recently, I felt like we never got to know Carol because mm. she didn't know herself. Exactly. So, I mean, I'd like kind of, you know, kind of rediscovering this character and who she really is at her core. Um, see what she's kind of been up to all these years and, you know, where she's at now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, carrying the weight of the universe on her shoulders. So I really want to get to know Carol more and I need a lot more fucking action. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to kind of define her powers uh-huh. more and everything like that. I mean, maybe this will be the start of like some grand like space odyssey for the MCU. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really hope we just see some fucking kick-ass action. You know, while I, while I wasn't a huge fan of Ragnarok... I did enjoy the way that they kind of threw Thor through action pieces throughout that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the way it starts throughout in, from like piece to piece. You know, Thor is in action throughout the entire film. And I would love to see that for Carol. I feel like that's a big character that can do that. You know, you start off it, she's just blasting through a ship. 
Yeah. You know, and then you move on from there. No, I agree. I agree. So, speaking of the MCU and leaked photos, mm-hmm. uh, we actually got our first look at the U.S. agent from uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week. Um, just some random set photos mm. that kind of got out there. I don't know if it was like paparazzi that took them, um, but a good look at uh, Wyatt Russell in full like costume. Um, I posted on Instagram that, you know, you know, uh, introducing your new Captain America, people like right away got upset (laughs) saying that's not Captain America, that's U.S. agent. Well, storyline wise, assholes, (laughs) he starts off as Captain America. Mm -hmm. He's your government issued Captain America. So I'm guessing they're probably going to go that route, especially looking at the costume because it's definitely Mm -hmm. a Captain America uniform. He even has the fucking shield. I don't know how he gets the shield from, you know, Sam. Um, You know, maybe it's some kind of recreation of the shield, but he definitely has Cap's shield. So I'm guessing it's going to be around, you know, going along those storylines that we originally got when the character was first introduced, you know, as, you know, Captain America. Ooh, could we get a shield versus shield fight? Probably. Again, pretty much. Some captain on captain action. (laughs) That sounds dirty. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm guessing this is just going to be a huge arc for Sam Mm. to eventually, you know, pick up the mantle as Captain America by like the end. So another rumor that was going around this week was that the Thunderbolts might actually be debuting in this series, um, which seems like a huge undertaking. Um, that's a pretty big storyline. Yeah. Um, they're led by Baron Zemo. Um, he's in disguise. He basically disguises the former Masters of Evil um, team as the Thunderbolts, and they pose as heroes. So, I mean, that's a huge storyline, and it feels like this is going to be kind of, you know, already, like... It feels like this, you know, this whole series might already be focusing a lot on, you know, the U.S. agent and, mm-hmm. you know, his storyline. So I don't know how they kind of put that all together but it'd be cool to see it done maybe the u.s agent is actually part of the thunderbolt team you know maybe it's like the government's version of the avengers um who knows i would love to see it like at least be something where it was zemo manipulating the government into doing it but how would zemo get into power like do they go the route where zemo leading the team or is it really like john walker leading the team like his own avengers I think more... Because that feels like a stretch to have, you know... But at the same time, like, similar in the way that he was manipulating them in Civil War. Mm-hmm. From far behind the scenes, at least. I could see that, where he's kind of just pulling mm-hmm. the strings in the background. Uh, that won't be bad. I mean, I guess maybe I'm just a purist when I want to see him <laughs> up front. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't really make much sense for this version of Zemo to be, you know, that character, mm-hmm. per se. Um, it's a fun storyline, though. Uh, there was rumors a year or so ago that there was a Dark Avengers script, like kind of you know making the the rounds in the MCU. Like they that was something that they were actually looking forward to, like doing mm-hmm. somewhere in the future. Um, and you know the Thunderbolts basically becomes like the Dark Avengers eventually, um, but they're led by Norman Osborn. So I mean, maybe they are going that route. Could you could you see this as a starting point for Osborn? Or at least hints towards him? Uh, no, I think they'll keep him in, like, Spider-Man's, mm-hmm. you know, play. especially with the whole deal between them and Sony. That's definitely Sony's toy, so yes. they're going to have to lend him out to them. 
Um, I feel like he, if he's going to debut, he's going to be debuting in a Spider-Man, you know, movie. I had I had the idea of what if what if he shows up in Morbius? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I feel <laughs> like it's going to be a big debut when he does show up. I don't think do him in a spinoff film like that. But I think that it would bring more eyes and bring more importance to what they're trying to do with their spinoff films. I, I don't know. I think the movie already has a lot of buzz, though, with well, Spider-Man yes. already being involved, it seems like, making some kind of cameo. So um, I definitely would love to see the MCU, though, get Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. I know how we get down this rabbit hole. But I feel like he's one of Marvel's greatest villains. So I want to see him done right and represented you know, on the big screen with the MCU. Because um, he basically became Marvel's Lex Luthor at, like, one point. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so let's go ahead and let's move on. Uh, Don't Breathe sequel finds its director. Uh, Fede Alvarez is, of course, not going to be directing the sequel, but uh, pretty much the writer for the first one will be picking up, and that was uh, Roto Savages? Sanguius? Maybe? Maybe? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So he did collaborate with Alvarez Mm -hmm. on uh, Don't Breathe, the first one. And then he also uh, worked with him on a film called Panic Attack. But it does sound like Alvarez is going to be Mm co-writing the film with him. So it actually might already be like done and they're just trying to figure out when they're going to start shooting. So, I mean, that's great news. We kind of talked about it recently, I believe, when we're doing our uh, best horror movies of the past decade um, countdown. So, I mean, this is definitely, you know, made our list, at least was a a mention. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this film and I'm glad that, you know, we're going to get a sequel. I have no clue where they're going to (laughs) go. I don't know if it's going to be kind of a prequel or... You know, more hijinks ensue. It could be somehow. a prequel, but I'm I'm hoping it's just like maybe he has found another girl at this point. I don't remember the character's name, the main protagonist who, uh, you know, the final girl, if you will, who ended up surviving. Do you it's the see? girl from Evil Dead. I just can't remember her name. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely. I don't know. I lost it. But anyway, so do we possibly see a scenario where she's like hunting him down now? I don't picture it, them doing it that way, where they have her coming back. I feel like I would get the fuck away from there and stay away. Mm-hmm. But um, I imagine he's just going to be, you know, just going to be another scenario where he's picking up another girl. And maybe it's more, like, we more see him stalking someone at that point. Okay. Especially since he has no one there to just, you know, walk into the house. Knowing that both the writers are, like, both on this project i feel like they're going to kind of revisit like kind of that dangling story thread that they left at the end of the movie Mm. where you know he doesn't mention her name or the money um during the whole like little news report so i felt like that was definitely them like sowing some seeds there so i feel like they might continue her storyline and maybe like you know now like you know she's so terrified that he's gonna come back that he she just decides to go after him um you know, I love, you know, the actress whose name we can't think of right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wouldn't mind to see that. Um, but it would also be kind of fun to see, like, you know, how, you know, what's his method, um, you know, of, you know, cap you know, basically capturing these girls and everything like that. And, you know, kind of get into his mindset. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. All right. So we have tons of like developing news, like as we speak, Um, it was reported a couple hours ago that uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus series, 
was reportedly delayed and the scripts are being completely rewritten. Um, and it was actually saying it was indefinitely delayed. Um, but then, you know, like all internet stories, it's kind of like starting to grow. And I guess we're getting like more like details flushed out. Ewan McGregor, I guess, on like the Birds of Prey red carpet came out and, you know, someone asked him about it and he said that, you know, that people are making a way bigger deal mm -hmm. about this than, you know, they should. That, you know, basically it's just a case of it being bumped from an August like start date to a January start date. So it's basically a matter of just a couple months um, that they want more time to work on, you know, the script. Yeah. Which, okay, that happens all the time. Yeah, but basic pre-production. Yes, yes, <laughs> pretty much. Um, there was another rumor, though, going out that they kind of cut the um, number of episodes down. I believe it was supposed to originally be six episodes, and now we're hearing that it's actually supposed to be four episodes. Um but once again, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. We don't really have enough, you know, uh, information about the series or anything. So I'm not going to freak out just yet because a lot of Star Wars fans were already, you know, just crying foul and going after Kathleen Kennedy and just a bunch of just toxic weirdness. It's just like, calm down. Yeah, I, I feel like right now everyone's in this like heightened state, mm -hmm. like with Star Wars fandom. Um, so, you know, and I mean, these sites aren't helping matters, you know, with their headlines and everything. They're definitely trying to stir the pot. Um, but it just feels like a lot of people are letting them, you know, get to them. So, I mean, just with the mixed reaction that, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker got and everything like that, it feels like it's fun to beat up on Star Wars right now. Yeah, just pump um, the brakes. Enjoy Clone Wars. Yeah. It's coming I mean, back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, this shit happens all the time mm -hmm. with, like, productions. And, you know, yeah, I'd much rather hear, oh, they're full steam ahead. They've got these great scripts and they're moving forward. But, I mean, rewrites and shit like that, that shit happens. Yeah, and that know? shit shouldn't, like, scare you either. No. You know, I would rather have heard that Justice League had gotten, you know, way more rewrites and... I would have much <laughs> rather have Justice League delayed exactly. for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, have that whole thing reworked, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe we've got a better movie out of it. So that's okay. I'd rather have them... Put out a quality piece of work, then like rush something out there just for the sake of rushing something exactly. out there. So, um, you know, especially after everyone's been saying that they want a, you know, a pause, a break, you know, in the whole Star Wars schedule, that we're getting too much Star Wars. But then at the, you know, out the other side of their mouth, they're all screaming because they're not getting enough Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense. Just <laughs> calm down, people. <laughs> so on the good news front with Star Wars... Uh, we're hearing reports that uh, Taika Waititi actually is being sought after by Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're wanting him to helm a film for them. Um, I feel like that's a perfect fit. You know, he's already got his feet wet in The Mandalorian. So why the fuck not? He's exactly. a super hot director right now. I love everything he did with Thor Ragnarok. Um, you know, he's getting tons of critical acclaim from Jojo Rabbit, which I haven't seen yet and I really want to see it. Um, so, hey... You know, get the best out there. Yeah, why it only not? makes sense. And like, why wouldn't you pick more directors from your Marvel films as well? Yeah. Or why wouldn't you pluck them over? That makes sense. I, I'm surprised that we haven't heard more about like Favreau getting mm -hmm. more involved with the direction of, you know, the franchise. 
Um, that also seems like it would make a lot of sense, you know. But we do know that Foggy is supposed to be, you know, producing a film for them mm-hmm. too, you know. And maybe this will be his project. Who knows? So only time will tell. All right. Well, speaking of Star Wars, we have the final season of Clone Wars to talk about with their new trailer. Why would anyone walk away from being a Jedi? We were trained to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers. We clowns have mixed feelings about the war. Without it, we wouldn't exist. All part of the plan. The plan. Everything is about to change. All right, man. So this was fucking epic, right? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> the show just kind of always had that progression where it just got better and better as it went on. Uh huh. And this just looks epic on a whole other scale. Yes, yes. And I mean, it just it it seems like it's going places that I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it to go. So that's interesting. Um, it definitely, and it, it seems like it was confirmed by the studio that it's going to be partially taking place during like Revenge of the Sith. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be kind of like following Ahsoka's like perspective, but this is definitely like the whole trailer was Ahsoka centric. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm all on board. I mean, I want to see what the fuck, <laughs> you know, their version of Revenge of the Sith. Cause I feel like they'll probably do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed Revenge of the Sith. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know what? I like everything. I like the events that took place during Revenge of the Sith, but the fucking dialogue is so awful. Well, it's the same dialogue that you got from all three films. Y- yes. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, have, and I've said over and over again, like, give me the version that of Attican that we're getting in Clone Wars. Like, that's my Attican, mm-hmm. you know, not, you know, Christian fucking Haydenson. And it, I mean, it's not his fault. It's Lucas's fucking dialogue. But my God, I mean, watching Clone Wars and kind of like, you know, going through the episodes now, like I'm rewatching with my daughter um, and I rewatched fucking Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. recently with my daughter. Um, it's just night and day, like how much more I respect the character and how like more I'm actually like invested in Anakin Mm -hmm. and his story when it comes to Clone Wars, where I'm just completely annoyed and he comes off as such a whiny bitch (laughs) in fucking, (laughs) in the prequels. I mean, I'm not saying anything that, you know, everyone else hasn't said Mm -hmm. in the past, so... Uh, but, you know, I, Revenge of the Sith definitely was the best of the prequels, but it's definitely lacking um, still. So um, I but I love, you know, Clone Wars and I'm really excited to see their kind of take on the events if they go that far. Yeah. I feel like they're not going to go that far. I don't feel like we're not going to get Anakin slaughtering young no, or anything like that. I definitely think you'll see Jedi falling, and I definitely think you'll see some horrendous stuff from the clones doing Order 66. I That's what I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, what clones end up giving in to, like, the brainwashing and the Order. And then we know already from Rebels that a certain group of them 
ended up, you know, resisting, you know, the brainwashing was able to flee and get away. So, um, but I want to see how all that goes down mm-hmm. and like the character's reaction, like these characters' reaction um, to everything that's happening, especially Ahsoka's. Exactly. So. I mean, I feel like I'm super invested in Ahsoka as a character at this point, mm-hmm. especially seeing where she goes as an adult this, and that confrontation with Darth Vader and her meeting Anakin again for the first time since all these events. Such a great scene. Such a great moment. Yes. I'm kind of curious now. Okay, how was she in that scene? And if she knew at that point, like, what was her reaction to first finding out that he became Vader and everything like that? It's just awesome that uh, Filoni is able to, like, go back to the series and put, like, a proper bow on it. Because I really felt like the end of the series back in 2014 um, was a little just, I mean, I don't know, it was lackluster just because they couldn't, like, it didn't seem like the studio was willing to let them, like, you know, mm-hmm. see it out. You know, they are already to, like, get Rebels out there and everything like that and start telling a new story. So I'm glad that he's able to now, like, get out there and, you know, finish the story the way he wants to finish it. Um, I'm curious, too, because there's a lot of, like, Mandalorians also, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, throughout the whole series, but um, especially in this trailer. So I'm wondering if he like drops some like Easter eggs for the actual like Mandalorian season or have like some like call to like characters that we kind of seen, you know, in the Mandalorian show, um, you know, because I mean, it, it's all fucking layered. And, you know, with him, you know, everything is so well layered, yes. and well connected that I could definitely I wouldn't put it past him. No, I definitely want like to learn more. Especially like where I am, what um, during my rewatch, I, you know, I'm, we just got to Mandalore. You know, mm-hmm. I'm at the Duchess um, arc right now, and um, you know, they're they're, you know, she's turned Mandalore into like a pacifist like planet, and I'm like, everyone's no one's got masks, you know, mm-hmm. no one's following the ancient religions or anything like yeah. that. How did we get from here? To the Mandalorian. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, and then, I mean, Rebels, too. I exactly. mean, it, Rebels centers a lot around, like, Mandalore and everything like that. And there's not a hint of, like, this, like, you know, like, almost cult vibe going on where, you know, they're this, like, orthodox version of, like, Mandalorian where they're, like, they don't take off their helmets and, they, you know, they're very strict with their, like, law. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a total different vibe because fucking the Mandalorians are running around with their helmets left and right, you know, um, in that series. So, um, but we also heard recently that there's going to be a sequel to the Rebels series. So maybe that gets explored more. Maybe that's more about, like, what happened to Mandalore um but we'll see you know oh, man but Filoni's really getting the push now he is he is <laughs> um and rightfully so so but yeah no I, I you know I'm excited for more Darth Maul um yeah there, there's it's gonna be a lot of fun so I'm excited for this um series to be you know coming back hey man ditto yeah, uh, what, what what did we say with the date February 21st uh, February 21st yeah, right around right, the corner exactly all right well that does it for news now we gotta get into reviews Got a TV series that we just watched, Dracula. There is a corruption passing through this world. I wish to know everything that occurred in the time you spent with him. He is a monster. He is the devil himself. I could be wrong, but I think you were having a nightmare. 
All right, so this is Dracula on Netflix. Uh, in 1897, Transylvania, the blood-drinking count draws his plans against Victorian London. All right, and uh, the show was created by Mark Geddes and Stephen Muffet. Uh, and they were also the creators on Sherlock, right? Yes. All right, and this is a BBC series, um, but here in the States, we got to watch it on Netflix. Absolutely. So um, I believe they got it first, though, those bastards. <laughs> All right, so starting off, I'm a huge fan of the character. Um, I love Dracula. I love Bela Lugosi's Dracula. I love Christopher Lee's Dracula. Um, so I'm definitely going to be a harsh, you know, judge when it comes to this movie. Hell, I love Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, except for Keanu Reeves. Um, so I, you know, I love the character. I love the lore. Um, you know, I love all things Dracula. Mm. Uh, so overall, I thought this was a fun take on one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, I loved its dry sense of humor. I definitely think it was kind of like the best like dark comedy that you could hope for, you know, with this character. Um, I thought that Klaus Bang, um, who portrayed Dracula, does an incredible job of like balancing humor and comedy. Um, he just like oozes this charisma on the screen. Um, they made a lot of like unique choices with like the legend of Dracula mm -hmm. um, and retelling like Bram Stoker's original tale. Um, especially with like the first two episodes but you know i dug it it was incredibly stylish it was beautifully shot it was gothic as all fuck um, um it, it, but it wasn't just like the stunning visuals that like sold me on it um it was like the performances especially uh dolly wells and clauses um you know dolly wells played agatha van helsing um you know this story's version of van helsing um, and it was all about really the relationship between those two characters. Um, Dolly West as Van Helsing basically like steals the show. Um, she reminds me a lot of like Anthony Hopkins, like betrayal of the character, um, from Francis Ford Coppola's uh, version of the movie. Um, just like super off kilter, chewing scenery, um, but fresh and different, um, and she's a perfect match for Dracula, you know, and his kind of like dry sense of humor. Um, there's like just this duel of wits, um, you know, like that's taking place. Like, um, well, like, you know, the fact that they actually have them like playing a chess game, like for mm -hmm. the two, the first two episodes, you know, might've been like a little too on the nose. Um, I felt like it was kind of like the perfect like setting, you know, for those two characters, especially watching them going like toe to toe. Um, as like a hardcore Dracula fan, I love the fact that we finally go on the boat um, that, you know, uh, takes Dracula from Transylvania to England. Um, I can't remember like ever like spending that much time, you know, you know, with that scene. Usually it's just like a little flash, you know, of just like carnage on the boat as Dracula arrives. Mm -hmm. So I like that we kind of got this like almost weird like murder mystery thing going on with it. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, I think when it comes down to it, like my biggest issue with the series is the third episode. Um, and without spoiling anything, because I pe want people to watch the series and they did a really good job of not spoiling what, you know, happens in the third episode. Um, with all that being said, I think my biggest issue with the series um, or the season, because I don't know if this is going to go on as a series, mm -hmm. um, 
is with the third episode. And this was three episodes long, and each episode was like about an hour and a half. They're basically movies. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the choices they made. Um, and without spoiling anything, because they did a really good job of not spoiling, you know, mm. what takes place in the third episode. Um, you know, so slight spoilers. Um, we've seen this kind of scenario, like, play out with Dracula before and it's in his lore, but it just felt really like rushed and a little bit too over the top to me. Um, I did it. I did think they stuck the landing in a weird way for the character. Um, but I just felt like, you know, they were trying to like do too much. Um, it really felt like I was watching like the last episode of like a really long running like series which was weird. Um, like I skipped ahead like six seasons. So, um, but you know, like I liked what they were doing with like the overall theme, um, you know, for the character and like this whole idea, like this theme of like him being kind of like agoraphobic where, you know, all his weaknesses are kind of like self-imposed without trying to say too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, I, I think with the time constraints that they have with like keeping it into one episode, um, I'd much rather have seen it like played out like for a, like maybe the second season or something like that. I think I'd much rather have seen like Dracula, you know, in England, like him arriving in England and what happens from there um, instead of what we got with the third episode. So without trying to say too much, um, but yeah, no, overall, I was super entertained um, by the series. I really was. Um, I don't know if we're going to get more. <laughs> and people will know what I mean by, you know, once they watch it. Um, I don't see where they're going to be going after this. But I mean, there's a million possibilities, honestly. Um, so yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this series. You know, and if you're a fan of this character um, or a horror fan, I would definitely check it out. So yeah, for me, I, I do share a lot of the same thought um, with the, the episodes in general. Um, one through three, you know, it's definitely one, two have such a has such a great structure to them and really feel like I, I really get Stephen Muffet's, you know, Doctor Who-isms right out into this um, show completely with those first two episodes. And then the third one kind of took a lot of the wind out of the sails for me, um, personally. Um, while I, I understand some of the choices... I, for me, it didn't stick the landing, mm-hmm. uh, but let's let's get more into uh, like the positives and stuff. I thought about like the characters and such. Uh, uh, what we got with Dracula and Sister Agatha, their chemistry fucking awesome throughout it. Yeah, I love as you said the wit between them was fucking amazing. Um, Dolly Wells totally does steal the entire show. Um, I didn't like what they did did with their character in the third episode, but I did enjoy um, Sister Ag- Agatha through one and two. I definitely enjoy what they were going for there. Um, I think one of the things I was expecting more of was, um, for me, was I I thought Dracula could have been a little bit more clever, a little bit more, um, I don't know, villainous as a character. You know, he seems like, while it's great to see Sister Agatha... I mean, he did kill, like, a church full of nuns. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. <laughs> And that was great, and that that was a good hook. But I'm just saying, it was. <laughs> I love that you described it as a hook. 
Decapitating uh, <laughs> nuns. <laughs> um, like, I was looking more for him to outwit them immediately in the first episode, I feel. Now, what we got in the second episode and how, like, it became that kind of uh, murder party, as you were saying. Where he's, um, like, manipulating the Exactly. Guests. That was more, I guess, what I was expecting from the character than what we had gotten originally in the first episode. So I was thrown off a little bit. But then as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I expect from a Dracula interpretation and everything like that. Mm. Um, I, I absolutely, like, I think the second episode is my favorite episode out of the three. Uh, yeah, a lot of the problems I was having does stem with the third episode, kind of the resolutions and the truths that they were telling from that point. I just don't know how, if I agree with it. And I definitely think if this was like a major series, as you were saying, and this was some like a lot of these elements were spread out throughout different seasons and such. I, I think it would be really well explained, really like it would make sense. It would, and it would be a little bit more enjoyable, but it, this is just like, you know, the, the typical BBC three episode season. Mm. And um, it feels like where are they going to go from here? I, you know? I, I feel like they're not going to make anything else from there. Yeah. Um, but you know, if it's successful, yeah. going to, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be the case. Mm. But so. you know, that's, that's pretty much my overall thoughts. You know, it's, it's very well done. I definitely say watch it. You know, anyone with Netflix should definitely pick up the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, check well, it out. Without, you know, before we actually yeah. start to discuss it more in detail, like what would you give it grade wise? Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a solid B. Okay. I'd probably go B plus. Um, and that's saying a lot with, you know, me not really enjoying the third mm-hmm. episode as much as I, you know, I felt like I should have. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely would give it a B plus because I really, really, you know, got into those like first two episodes and i was so stoked you know when that third episode started and it just went downhill for me but that being said i feel like you know it's one of the best versions of the character that i've seen in a very long time so um but yeah what do you so let's get into the kind of like mm-hmm. the minutiae of you know you know some of the show and some of the choices without trying to spoil <laughs> it too much you know if you, um, so, if you want I mean, no caution info. yeah exactly yeah caution <laughs> you know if you haven't seen it yet you know maybe go ahead and skip you know ahead a few minutes uh but yeah so like what did you think about what they did with like the legend of dracula like his kind of power set and you know vampirism overall i think the ideas were very cool Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want him to, you know, be this legendary monster through and through to the end. You know, so, I, and you're kind of talking about the fact that to, like, you know, retain, you know, his intelligence and, like, what makes him different from mm-hmm. other vampires is that, you know, he chooses the right type of people to feed off of. And what we see in this version of the character um, you get like a certain amount of like their abilities, their memories when you feed off, you know, a victim. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was a definitely a unique take and something I've never seen before. Um, but the fact that, you know, you know, does he keep those abilities throughout time? I, I feel like he does, right? Well, they would have to fade, right? I don't know. Because when we when we start off the show, he is decrepit. And, like, in a state of falling apart mm-hmm. until he feeds on the new victim. But do the me- the memories don't go away, 
right? No, clearly because, because he went in the second episode. He still has the memories. And the third episode too, exactly. You know, so without saying too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I guess I don't mind that so much. You know, um, I like the fact that he can like pick up languages and stuff like that mm-hmm. just from feeding off a victim. Um, you know, I think that's kind of cool and different. Um, you know. Would I like to see other vampires, you know, kind of, you know, on par with Dracula, um, like his minions and everything like that? You know, maybe they're they're kind of, you know, it seems like they're more like decrepit and mm. they're like more at his like beck and call. Yeah. So, um, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I kind of I enjoyed the different take on the legend, though. I thought that they were going to go that route when we got the first episode before the ending, of course, mm-hmm. but. Um, when we get his uh, first victim and he, like, Dracula is fawning over him a bit, saying that, oh, he could possibly be like him. Yes. I thought maybe we'll get this um, character that goes on to, like, be a challenge. And the third a, episode does kind of tease that, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole cell phone thing where he's caught. And I was like, oh, is he still alive? Is that still happening? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I was really intrigued by. But then we saw that that wasn't the case at all. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's hard to, like, get into depth without <laughs> spoiling the whole series. Um, but there's a lot of choices like that. Uh, but, you know, some of the things that I did enjoy was, like, you know, just, like, the visuals and everything like that. Something just... To- and it's in the trailer, so I don't think I, I'm spoiling anything. But, like, you know, seeing a group of nuns pull out stakes, you know, and they're all prepared mm. to fucking kill some vampires. I thought that was totally badass. I thought they made a lot of cool choices like that with these characters. Um, you know, I mean, just the Van Helsing character overall, I thought that was uh, just a great choice. And I love the performance. Um, you know, and like you said, I feel like she kind of stole the show. And it's not anything against like Claus, you know, Bang. You know, he did a phenomenal job mm. also. It's definitely the Dolly Well show. Like, I mean, just her and Dracula kind of going back and forth and everything. And, you know, how curious she is um, about, like, how, you know, what makes him tick. And, like, Mm -hmm. it seems like everything's supernatural and everything, you know. It just seems like she's just a nun, you know, out of happenstance. Um, I I thought that was phenomenal. I I would watch a prequel series with just her. Yes, yes. Or, like, her, like, just, like, being, like, a monster hunter or Uh something like that. That'd be great. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd definitely love to see that. So... What did you think about, you know, the ending of the third episode with, you know, Dracula's weaknesses kind of all being in his head? I like the metaphor and the the thought of it, but I still want him to be the monster. You want the badass. I want the badass. Yeah. So. And we, I think maybe part of the problem is, like, the scenarios that we see Dracula in, we don't really ever get that mm-hmm. version of the character because we have the two episodes um, you know, and he ends up in the ship, mm-hmm. um, and it's a very like contained, you know, um, scenario where he's not able to really lash out, and he's kind of more manipulating and stuff like that, which is very much the character. But we never see him in like full power. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. No, exactly. I feel like with a longer series, we would have been able to get like elements of him being afraid of death. Yeah, throughout it, you know, and we get to that final point. Yeah, where there's more build up, yes. and that's what I was saying. I felt like the third episode felt very rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, 
you know, it's hard to talk about the series without spoiling the <laughs> shit out of it. So, I mean, maybe and we are going to have a Patreon soon. So maybe we start doing spoiler talks, you know, on the Patreon. We'll see. Yeah, if that's something that you want, <laughs> let us know as well. All right. So let's move on. We have another review this week uh, for the film called Underwater. And now our feature presentation. On a scale from one to ten, how bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How will we even get there? We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What was that? Turn your lights off. A crew of aquatic researchers work to get to safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. But the crew has more than ocean seabed to fear. Dun dun dun! Uh, this was directed by William Eubank uh, from The Signal and Broken City. Uh, and then it stars Kristen Stewart, Jessica Henwick, and T.J. Miller. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, first of all, I'm a total sucker for this setup. I'm an 80s kid. So you put a team on a mission who get isolated and they're forced to fight like this unknown threat. I'm on board right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's super familiar, right? Scenario-wise, Predator alien the thing um you know but i mean i there's a million other 80s movies 90s movies same premise so um that being said overall you know the movie's definitely flawed um i did find it entertaining at parts um but that also makes it really frustrating for me because i felt like it had potential to actually be a really good movie so, like, the movie starts off big, and, like, we're thrown right into the action. Um, it's a really well-shot sequence. It's super effective, incredibly intense. Um, the director, Eubanks, does a great job of just, you know, building this incredibly, like, claustrophobic vibe throughout the whole first act. Um, it's really what, like, situational horror should be. Um, it makes you feel like, you know, you're in the character's shoes. Um, and at first, I really love the choice of, like, you know, throwing us, like, the audience, like, into the fire with these characters. I thought it was ballsy. It was something different. But then, like, halfway through the second act, kind of like the repercussions of starting off the movie like that set in. Um, I just, I think in the back of my head, I kind of assumed that we're being set up for like a non-linear like storytelling style. So that's not what was happening at all. Um, what we were getting on the screen uh, in the now was, that was it. Um, you know, we weren't going to get anything else. And I thought that was like kind of this unfortunate consequence of that choice. We just have these paper thin characters that we know nothing about. And it's it, therefore it's hard to really care about them. Um, 
you know, and I, I, I actually, the performance are strong enough, you know, even though they're like constantly at this like frantic pace where I actually did want to know more about the characters. Um, there, there seemed to be enough there surface well, surface wise where, you know, they seemed interesting, but you know, at the same time, I don't know, they're, they're, they're like I said, paper thin, like they're like, I just didn't know, like I, I couldn't care <laughs> enough about them and what the hell was happening. Uh, so the second act's pace is so frantic. Um, it's really hard to track what the hell's going on half the time. Uh, I felt like, you know, Eubanks made the choice to like turn up the environments, like sounds and surroundings with these characters to kind of like give you that feeling that you're like in the moment with them. Mm -hmm. But the problem is like, I couldn't understand what they were saying to each other. So, like, you know, at a certain point, I just kind of checked out. You know, I mean, the the audio was so, like, I mean, just like the water. It was super murky. Like, I couldn't, like, make out, like, okay, what, what are we doing right now? I know we're trying to get to, like, this, like, you know, to the ocean floor. And I know we want to walk. But, like, why are we here? And what are we doing? And, you know, people are screaming at each other. And it's just like, okay. But I, I, I just, I stopped listening at <laughs> a certain point um you know the creatures that you know we end up dealing with um i thought they were okay um yeah there is nothing that we haven't seen before though um i think this film could have benefited from an actual r rating um just so we could really see more of the carnage and make like the weight of their attacks mean more and just put like the fear into you know you um, with movies like Alien and everything like that, you know, we see, you know, the consequences of when they come across, you know, these monsters. So, but we didn't really get this with this film. Um, you know, in a weird way, though, the third act almost salvaged the movie for me. I did like the reveal without, like, spoiling anything, um, you know, with the monsters. Um, I thought um, we were starting to kind of get some more character moments, but it just wasn't enough. And it was, you know, once again, super frustrating. Um, there were some weird like subplots happening that like just didn't track and I didn't know where the hell they were going with it. <laughs> I was kind of confused. I was like, was that something that happened in the second act while they were like yelling at each other? Um, you know, I, it just, it was too little too late. Um, for the most part, um, I did like the ending, um, and I felt like it should have been a bigger character moment um, for our lead, um, played by uh, Kristen Stewart. But unfortunately, the movie just was kind of like incomplete in a weird way, and I felt like it cheated itself out of that. Um, so it was odd, and it, it totally felt like they were trying to like set up for a sequel at the same time. Um, if you like, I don't know if you stayed during the credits, oh, but with I all the news, the news, clips, news yeah. clippings and everything like that. Um, Tion continues to drill. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. I was like, is that who they're working for? Because I, I didn't know. Like they, you know, there's so little like setup that happens. Um, so like all I really needed was like an additional like 10 to 15 minutes, really. Um, just like moments in between the scenes, like, or like even like, a handful of flashbacks or something just with the characters interacting um, just so we could like, you know, somehow get to know 
who they are and maybe even like breathe in between like these scenes and everything. And I get like wanting your audience to like, you know, go along with the film and feel like they're part of the movie and like being this like insane, like, you know, frantic pace that they set up. But I felt like it kind of did itself a disservice where, you know, I just didn't give a shit about any of the characters <laughs> once again. So, um, you know, I mean, so like while underwater, like took us into the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean, Christian, it really lacked depth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> how long were you, you, how, like how long you been shopping Do that? You like that? Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> It's disappointing, though, because I do feel like the performance was great. I liked a lot of the visuals and everything. But once again, I liked the reveal. You know, um, I, I don't care about spoiling this movie. Do we care about spoiling this movie? No. Okay. Like I, I, I don't, personally. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's been out for three weeks, right? Uh-huh. So, like, I like the fact that, you know, where well, a lot of people are comparing to Aliens, and that's rightfully so. You know, it was actually it felt more like a Cloverfield movie to me, you know, especially with the ending. Um, I thought the giant fucking, you know, monster, there's a giant fucking monster in the water that these like smaller monsters are kind of like, it feels like they're maybe like feeders or something for it. Um, I thought it was really cool and effective, but then it was like, but that second act, man, I mean, this movie is a brisk like hour and a half Mm. and that second act felt like it was like two hours long for some reason (laughs) to me. So, um, yeah, yeah. I will. I actually do agree. It felt way longer than an hour and a half. But I will tell you, Damon, those sound issues are super real. I did not know most of the characters' names mm-hmm. until about halfway through the third of uh, the second act. Yeah, I was like, they they do this introduction scene where they're all like, and I, I know I'm getting into way much too much detail here. It's okay. But uh, they're all like saying hi to each other, saying each other's names, but it's all happening so quickly, and it, the audio for some reason is so disjointed where you are as the viewer, to where they're talking. It's like, they sound far away, and I couldn't understand what the fuck they're saying. And then they get, once we finally get into a plan for what we're going to be doing, it's like, why are we doing this? Like, yes. All that is, it's happening so quickly, and really, in a film like, like, about being underwater, you're wanting to catch your fucking breath. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, <laughs> like, he does a great job at that. Bravo. <laughs> That's straight off the uh-huh, sure it is. <laughs> Um, it, you know, he did a great job of what you said, um, you know, creating this environment, you know, like everything is super claustrophobic yes. and I'm, you know, I have a little bit of claustrophobia, so I was fucking like, I'm ah, throughout mm-hmm. this, but, um, a lot of it, you know, he achieved what he was going for, but it just doesn't work necessarily. Like, I feel like I could put on this film in the background and watch it. You know, intermittently between doing something else and yeah. still, like, still be able to follow it. Still, like, it, I, nothing really, you know, keeps my attention for the entirety of the film. Yeah, it's. I agree. Where I feel like you know, I liked the first act. Mm. I liked the third act. You know, for the most part. But that fucking second act just kills the whole film. Exactly. Like, I was entertained by a lot of what was going on in this film, but like that whole middle section. Like, that needs to just be, you know, and it's crazy to say because it's an hour and a half, but, like, 
I don't know, like they need to just reshoot it or fucking, mm. you know, give us something to give us some flashback sequences or something. Getting into those those spoilers, the the little subplots with the captain that they they decided to show up at the end. Yes. I was like, "Oh, was I supposed to be paying attention and get something here?" I I felt like I missed something. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point was like, was there something left on the editing room floor? So, there's this whole relationship between Kristen Stewart's character and the captain where they kind of have this like father-daughter vibe going on. You could tell that like he's a mentor or something to her. She knows the family. She mentions his daughter a couple times, you know, that she's the same age as her. Um, so and one of the reasons why in the beginning of the film, she's yelling at him because he had the option of taking one of the lifeboats off the base mm-hmm. and saving himself is because he has a family, he has a daughter. So all of a sudden in the third act, she ends up on this other base and she somehow runs across his locker or like a locker that used to be his and she finds a funeral card for his daughter at the age of 14. So it's like... There, there is a line in the middle in this in the uh, act two where she's like... Uh, they ask him... Uh, Jessica Henwick's character asks, asks him... how old she is. And he says 14. And she's like, well, no, that should be my age. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And he's, he just has this look on his face, but... And at the time, I was like, is he concussed? Like, I just <laughs> like... I was like... <laughs> But it was such a weird, like, I was like, why is he hiding the fact that his daughter died? Like, what is the subplot that you're going for here? I don't know. And then there's also, they show the map of, like, the like the proposed digging sites. And apparently he proposed the digging site that they're at. Okay. Uh, I don't, but what does that do for the rest of the story? There's what does nothing... that mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like, he didn't know, like, that these creatures were out there. Mm-hmm. Um so, like I said, I felt like they were setting up for something. And even with, like, all those headlines that we had at the <laughs> end, I was like, okay. Um, we see that the character survived. And, you know, it was like, you know, Jessica Henwick's character and her, her boyfriend or mm-hmm. fiance. And I have problems with all that. You know. Because all that fucking oxygen talk, you know, where, like... Stop he- talking! Like, that's another thing. Like, I was like, oh, that you're too. talking, <laughs> when you, you know you're low on oxygen, but you guys are both talking mm-hmm. still. For some reason. He that was, drove me nuts. He was out. Like, his oxygen was bad before they went out there. Yeah. And he survives that entire time. Yeah, he'd been dead. He would have been dead. I did like that scene, though, where they're underneath, you know, all the creatures. And they're, like, only, like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, half a mile away from the base. I thought that was a super, like, suspenseful, like, you know, moment. And I, I like I said, and the whole reveal with the big monster, I, I thought that was cool. There's a lot of ingredients that I liked. It's, it's just, fucking Cthulhu, by the way. That's huh? totally Cthulhu. Probably. Or Kraken <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Um, like, this is designed to look exactly like Cthulhu. <laughs> but I thought it looked good, though. Mm. You know, I thought the effects overall were actually really well done. This was a Fox film, too. So it feels like Disney just didn't know what the fuck to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably didn't even bother watching the thing. And they just, like, threw it out there. Because if they did watch it, I feel like they would have gone back and done, like, like maybe 20 minutes of reshoots. Mm-hmm. You know, just to kind of flush out the story. And I, I, once again, I feel like it would have been a better movie. Then. I feel like that would have been a pain in the ass for them. Oh, yeah. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure whatever they made from the movie, that, you know, all goes straight to them. It's all profit, you know. So they didn't spend a dime on actually mm-hmm. any of the production. So whatever. Um, you know, it's just disappointing because I feel like there is a good movie somewhere in there. So, I mean, I was more entertained than I probably should have been. With the movie overall, so uh, what? Okay, 
what would you give this movie grade wise? I think initially when I left the theater, I was I was a little higher on it than I am now after thinking about a lot of the plot elements and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. I think I'm I'm going to keep it <clears> in that range. So I think overall I'm going to give it a C plus. Um, but it's borderline. It's mm-hmm. definitely borderline. I could set I, that fucking second act, man. Jesus Christ! Like we need to hear what the characters are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to give it a C plus. Yeah. When they, when her and the captain flew up and she's on the like top of the, like whatever that light was and the Mm -hmm. captain's hanging off, I couldn't understand the fuck what they were saying at all. No. (laughs) Um, I, I, like I did, I thought the performances were Mm. all really good though, you know, for what they had to work with and to have to be in this complete, like, you know, uh, frantic fucking, you know, manic mindset, the entire film. Um, I mean, well done, but unfortunately, I don't know anything about your fucking characters. Um, how cool, cool would it have been if we would gotten, like, some flashbacks where we actually got to put, like, a character to the corpses that we saw in the very beginning mm-hmm. of the film? And I thought that's the route they were going to go, where, like, he's crawling and, like, he comes across the dead body of a woman and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, if, you know, he pauses on it and it feels like it's supposed to mean something. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go back to that. And we never go back. Yeah. <laughs> but those were really effective scenes. Like, that first, like, 15 minutes was really well done with her, like, running through the base and everything mm-hmm. and then crawling through the rubble. And I thought that was awesome. And that was so, like, I mean, I am claustrophobic, so I was definitely feeling it, you know, during those scenes. But they just, I mean, they couldn't deliver a good movie overall, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know, wrapped around those scenes. No, like, like, I had no idea why Jessica Henwick's character was under the water. Like, she seemed, like, completely like a fish out of fucking water throughout the entire And she should have been... Well, I think they said that she's a research assistant in the very beginning. Yes. So she's not, like, a diver. But then, like, that should have been, like, okay, well, she's the first person dead. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? If you're, like, if you're going to go this far underwater, shouldn't you get some diving training? Yeah. (laughs) Shouldn't that be, like, a legal requirement? I would think. I would think. (laughs) But I don't know, because I know nothing about this world. I don't Mm -hmm. even know that this movie takes place on Earth. This could have been on a different, like, in a different galaxy. We have no idea. Well, I think they alluded to it being the Mariana Trench, right? Did they say that? I, Christian, you well, during those first, the first like news bulletin. Bullshit, Did they? Okay, it, that's what they zoomed in on. Okay, yeah. okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, is this the future? Are we like in the present day? It had to be somewhere in the future, right? Like. Yeah. It no wasn't clue, though. They, we, we, yeah, we obviously don't have the technology that exactly. they do. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was bizarre. <laughs> there were some bizarre choices with this film. I feel like there's going to be like a special edition where like the movie's like an hour longer, and it's going to be like super like fleshed out, and it's going to end up being like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, release the the Eubank cuts. Yeah, the Eubank, <laughs> the Fox cuts, right? Oh lord. <laughs> Oh, and did you hear they uh, relabeled Fox? This is completely off subject. Well, it's not like Fox Searchlight anymore? It is just Searchlight now. They oh, got, just they, Searchlight? They cut the Fox Ooh. out of it. I did get chills when the Fox logo came up in the beginning of the movie. Did you, you caught that? Were you there? The, the, the Fox logo came up and everything with the drums and everything. Yeah. Because I was like, that's probably one of the last times we're going to actually see Oh, I, I guess I just didn't think anything of it. Yeah. That, well, you're, <laughs> you're a cold-hearted bastard. <laughs> I got a little nostalgic. So mm-hmm. I was like, we're probably not going to see that anymore on you know, any future films. So it is what it is. 
It's all about the mouse. Oh, well, I have DVDs and tapes. I, I and... guess, man. I guess. It's just the world's getting smaller, Christian. And I don't like it because I'm a cranky old man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Yes. We haven't said this in a while. Let's talk some wrestling. Who do I think is going to win yeah. the male roller rumble? The men's, yes. Who should win it? Who do I think is going to win it? It's who, a big difference. Well, I mean, all right, fantasy book. Heart, I guess. Here it is Keith Lee. Keith, oh. Keith Lee from NXT should win the Royal Rumble. Okay, any follow-up on why? Uh, I think I don't he know if we need a wine. had a tremendous showing at uh, Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and he, to me, is a big fish in a little pond right now. Not to say that NXT is little by any means. Or he needs a little room to grow. I think you need to follow up on stuff like this. You strike when the lightning's hot. You see the little moment he had with Reigns right there. Mm-hmm. It, it, that already feels like it was two years ago. We got we to gotta get going with Keith Lee here. I think he needs to chuck Brock over the top rope, and he needs to win that whole thing. Dang, all right. All right, man, so it is Royal Rumble season. Um, We're right on the cusp of the road to WrestleMania. It it honestly doesn't feel like that at all. No, (laughs) no, because I have no idea where the fuck they're going right now. Um, And I will, full disclosure, I've been casually watching Raw and SmackDown this past month. I've kind of fallen off, you know, the horse a little. Um, I do plan on getting back on because I've actually enjoyed what I've seen on Raw. Mm-hmm. Feels like they're actually, you know, pushing, you know, younger talent again, um, which is crazy. I don't know if that's the Heyman effect. Um, well, um, well, full disclosure for me, I've I've been casually watching a couple YouTube clips, maybe a week. <laughs> From either Raw or SmackDown? I don't so. think you're alone, though. <laughs> I think a lot of people actually like keep track of Raw that way nowadays, uh-huh. unfortunately, for them. so um, But that's what they get for putting on a shitty product for the last, what, like six months. Mm-hmm. I feel like ever since Road to Russell, or Road to Russell, ever since WrestleMania, you know, that especially that first like four or five months afterwards, I mean, it was really like the drizzling shit. So um, the past, like, Couple months though, it's been a little better. I will give them credit where credit's due. Um, so let's get into this Royal Rumble card. I had no idea that there was actually this many matches announced. Um, we are recording this episode on Thursday, so we have no idea what the hell is going to happen on SmackDown. There might be a couple more matches announced. Um, so sorry. You know, <laughs> this is the best we can do um, to our ability and our recording schedule. So it is what it is. Um, so up first, uh, we have Andrade against Umberto, who actually returned this past week after being taken out by Andrade uh, with a DDT on the floor on the concrete. A la uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, 1987. I want to say. So it was a nice spot. Hmm. Um, and, uh, Andrade and uh, Rey Mysterio had a fantastic ladder match on Raw. Definitely check that out. Um, I would say I would be excited for this match, except I feel like it's going to be on the pre-show, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, they did do like a big return for him where he was like in the audience with a Rey Mysterio mask on and then he jumped out and he stopped um, Andrade um, from um, injuring Mysterio further. So it feels like they've been building up Umberto, which is a good thing. He's a talented wrestler. Um, I love everything that they're doing with Andrade. Um, they're finally focusing on him and developing his character more and letting him fucking wrestle because, goddamn, he does that well. Yes. <laughs> but with that said, I, I'm assuming Andrade will be holding on to the championship throughout this match. 
I agree. A hundred percent. Unless, well, unless I see a scenario maybe where Ray comes out and like costs him like the title. Um, this Royal been, Rumble, they like to do big swerves. They've and been shit. doing this kind of like back and forth where Selena keeps on costing him matches. So I'm wondering if like he ends up coming out and kind of canceling out Selena or something like that and costs like Andrade this match. You know, giving the the young Umberto the, his first title win. Mm-hmm. So I could see that, but. If I'm a betting man, I'm definitely going to go Andrade here. So keep on building that character. Exactly. All right. So next up, we have Bailey walking in as SmackDown Women's Champion uh, against Lacey Evans. So if you don't know already, Christian, Lacey Evans is a super face all of a sudden. Um, her daughter somehow got involved in this storyline where Bailey was kind of mocking her in the crowd mm-hmm. and like beat up Lacey in front of her. That propelled Lacey Evans to being, like, actually over. And the crowd seems to be into her. They kind of gave her, like, this, like, military mom gimmick. Well, she is an actual military Mm. mom, so I guess I shouldn't say gimmick. But um, it's almost, I would say it's like, you know, she's like this patriotic character now. She's Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, all rolled up in one. Um, So If you um, had told me that... Bailey was going to be the heel and Lacey Evans was going to be the face two years ago. Yeah, right. Or six months ago. <laughs> exactly. Right? Um, I'm hoping that Bailey retains here. Um, I feel like she just needs to get more heat as a character. I feel like she hasn't really like fully developed her heel persona yet. So um, I'm hoping that they can continue this storyline um, and you know, see Bailey retain and, you know, keep the feud going. Because it does seem like it's working for for both of them right mm-hmm. now. Well, it just matters if they care about Bailey's character going forward. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I could I, totally see them throwing on Lacey Evans. I thought they were going to throw it on Lacey Evans a year ago. Oh, so. it felt like they wanted to. Exactly. I mean, right after uh, WrestleMania. This and if they got the crowd behind her at this point, why not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, at least you... Eh, I don't know. I feel like they'll wait maybe, you know... That'll be a WrestleMania moment for her if she gets over enough. So I'm going to go Bailey. Um, you're going Lacey? I'm going to go Lacey for you. Are we picking these things? We're picking yeah, these things? Okay. That's, that's, okay. That's the amazing I just feel like way. I can't even, like I have no clue <laughs> at this point what they're doing. So, all right. But I definitely have an idea what's going to happen in the next match. Shorty G versus Sheamus. Sheamus. A, a returning Sheamus. <laughs> <laughs> Sheamus is going to slaughter him. Unfortunately, Seamus with like 2012 hair as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's great though. His return, he came back and looked like he was going to be a face, and that lasted all about like 15 seconds. And then he gave <laughs> Shorty G the big boot. Um, I hate everything they're doing with uh, Shorty G, Chad Gable. Um, it is giving him a little bit of a spotlight where he's you know actually able to like wrestle longer matches, mm. and I feel like he's getting more over with his ability than he is with the stupid fucking gimmick because he's literally the same size as half the roster so it makes absolutely no sense but you know vince mcmahon is like a bully jock you know down to his core so i guess you know whatever i guess but every time they put him in angles where he's tagging with like mustafa ali and other characters that are literally like either shorter than him or the same height well makes no sense i know i once again, they had uh, the revival making fun of his height. 
and they're standing pretty much <laughs> eye to eye. I was like, what is happening? Um, but whatever. This guy was a fucking Olympic wrestler for crying out loud. Like, how is that not his gimmick? Um, but, you know, maybe they figured that out like they did with Lacey Evans, you know, instead of giving her this weird cover girl gimmick, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're a Marine. Maybe we should harp on that, you know, maybe that's an avenue we should, you know, explore. So maybe they'll eventually wake up and, you know, start kind of, you know, programming in that way, but probably not. Um, all right. So next up we have Roman Reigns the versus big dog. King Corbin in a <laughs> Falls Count Anywhere match. They love these matches lately. The Falls Count Everywhere mm-hmm. match. I feel like we've had one like every pay-per-view the past year. Um, all right, so last time I believe these two fought, Corbin actually got the best of reigns. Um, where do you think they're going? Um, I mean, it depends. Is Rowan Reigns going to be facing Corbin at WrestleMania? I, not that, that I you know think? of. No. <laughs> I hope not. Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, I could see them pulling that storyline all the way through, man. Like... Because it's already been going on for like two months, so you think too it's much too like, long? Yeah, so you think it's going to be like a five month program? You know, it's Royal Rumble. Maybe Roman Reigns gets the you know gets over a hundred percent, and we move on. You know, okay. So that he has a, a new opponent for WrestleMania. I hope so. <laughs> it just I know people are like some people are starting to really like enjoy Corbin. It's still not working for me. It's just I mean. He's so obnoxious, like it, it's, it, but it, it's just the wrong kind of heat. And I mean, then the bell has to ring too. And I just, I'm not sold on him as a wrestler. Like I, I don't find his matches entertaining. Is the problem. So I mean, if he was a really good worker, you know, I could actually get into mm-hmm. his matches. That'd be one thing. But I mean, the guy's all fucking chin locks, you know, and one slam. <laughs> so I, I can't, I can't get it. I like the end of days. I like. Yeah, it's a nice maneuver, but beyond that, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can't deal with the 20 fucking chin locks in between. (laughs) All right, so uh, you're picking Reigns? I'm going to pick Reigns. All right, I'm going to pick Reigns also. Uh, All right, so moving on, probably my favorite angle going on right now, uh, Becky Lynch coming in as Raw Women's Champion, and she's held that belt since Mania, uh, versus Asuka. Um, they're finally doing the storyline that should have been done like a month after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, Becky avenging that loss she had to Asuka literally a year ago <laughs> at Rumble. So um, I felt like this whole story, I feel like this whole storyline's actually been pretty well done. Mm-hmm. I like that it's added a layer to Becky's character. Um, you know, her basically accusing the company of holding her back and not allowing her to face Asuka. Her actually seeing kind of like intimidated by her and feeling like she can't beat her. Um, I think that's cool. They've kind of like lit the flame underneath Asuka again where, you know, she feels like a monster. She feels legit. You know, they're letting her cut her promos in Japanese and she's doing a damn good job. I have no idea what she's saying. (laughs) But I love it. I love it when she just goes on a rant in Mm. in Japanese. I think it's great. I love the green mist. You know, I like the new look and everything. She feels like a legit threat. 
That being said, there's no way she's winning this fucking match. No, yeah. This is just a stepping stone for Becky Lynch's WrestleMania. Like, yes. This is the final challenge before. Exactly. I, I already, I feel like I know what the storyline for Becky Lynch and WrestleMania is. I just hope they don't forget about Asuka after this and they, you know, keep on building her character. They, they um, will. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason to believe otherwise, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So, but it's, it's been fun while it mm. lasts, right? Um, so yeah. No, I got Becky Lynch going over here, um, and I take it you're Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so moving on, we have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, walking his champion versus Daniel Bryan. In a strap match. In a strap match. Now, I don't know what rules they're going with. I don't know if it's going to be like the four corners rule, mm-hmm. or if it's just going to be a strict, like, Almost like dog color match where it's just all about the strap. They can beat the shit out of each other, you know, whatever. It's supposed to be the whole gimmick. The idea behind it is Bray always kind of escapes through the ring. So it's the way of, you know, it's Daniel Bryan's way of like being able to like hold on to him somehow. I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like that's just a bad idea. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean,. Man, I mean, Wyatt's going to win. I don't see Daniel, you know, Bryan winning this. Um, I feel like, you know, Bray's going to carry this belt all the way to Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to imagine that Mania entrance is going to be fucking amazing. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm all I'm all in on the entrance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason I'm excited for that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't been a fan of the way they've been booking him. Um, he, he's just, he's just like too much of an unstoppable force at this point you know like i need to see some like chinks in his armor some weaknesses during these matches Mm -hmm. i mean the whole like not selling thing it gets old fast it makes the matches feel kind of you know one-dimensional i did with that being said i did enjoy their match overall daniel bryan and you know bray wyatt's Mm -hmm. um, first match um you know i just i I don't want to fucking deal with the red light again um (laughs) doesn't seem like that's going anywhere um i'm i feel like really the outcome of this match is going to be like daniel bryan getting dragged in like underneath the ring you know and like coming out spooked or something um it seems like you know at the end of you know these storylines when anyone comes up against bray wyatt they come out changed and daniel bryan seems like he's already gone through that change you know he's back to like his american dragon days and everything with the haircut and he was like cleanly shaven for like a week now his beard is slowly coming back (laughs) um but uh i'm one i'm wondering if he goes through another change or you know whatever it feels like a missed opportunity when they first did the whole gimmick with him getting dragged underneath the ring and like some hair came out, you know, bright like through. I thought maybe they were gonna do like a hair versus mask match or something mm-hmm. like that and go that route because um, I feel like that would have been a nice like crescendo to like the storyline. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they even understand where they're going right now. Do you this. think there'll be like a guillotine joke with the with the strap? Maybe. Maybe, but so like he chokes him out and that's how he wins. You know, my thing has always been like, I feel like they're eventually the way they'll have him get beat is like someone will like take off his mask, Mm -hmm. you know, and for like a split second, he'll panic and someone will be able to like roll him up and pin him. Like that's his like one weakness. Someone will finally figure out. So, uh, but that's another good way, you know, to get around him being just like undefeatable is like, you know, choking him out eventually. 
All right, so next up we have the Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, I'm guessing this is probably going to maybe even start off the show. Um, I feel like they usually bookend yeah. nowadays, uh, you know, at least the, the last two years when they've actually had a Women's Royal Rumble. Um, they've kind of spaced them out. So, um, yeah, I, they haven't really announced a lot of people for the Women's mm. Rumble match as of recording this. So I'm assuming it's just everyone because they don't <laughs> exactly. have that many women on the roster um, with a healthy like amount of NXT talent also thrown mm. in. So um, any predictions, Christian? It's going to be Ronda for me. Oh, you think it's Ronda Rousey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's... So I think it's going to be Shayna Baszler, but my dark horse pick is definitely Ronda Rousey. I, I think that's going to be... That could have the potential of being a huge surprise. We haven't heard anything about, you know, her pregnancy. Mm. Um, you know, if they could bring her back just for WrestleMania season, I mean, that would be their big draw, you know, and finally you would get that Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, you know, match, that one-on-one yeah, match. It that- just feels like the story makes sense. You know, you have Becky beat the one person that she thinks that she can't, and then Ronda wins the Royal Rumble and says, well, you haven't beat me alone. And mm-hmm. that just becomes the storyline. Yeah, and they could even bring back the weird count and everything from Mania that they've kind of buried, um, which I feel still I still feel kind of like maybe that was on purpose so they could have kind of it into the storyline, um, you know, for a return match. So um, yeah, no, I, I we'll see if we're right. Um, but if that's not the case, I definitely feel like Shayna Baszler you know, is going to be Becky's next mm. opponent. So it only makes sense. I feel like she's done everything she can in NXT. So yeah. it's time for her to, like, debut on Raw. So, all right. And next up, we have the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, a lot of people have been announced. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. Well, we the, know Lesnar exactly. is starting off as at number one. Um, I'm guessing, so the motive seems like, and I don't feel like this was very well explained on Raw, which is weird because it was Heyman's segment, um, that Lesnar wants to defeat everyone so that way he doesn't have to face anyone (laughs) at WrestleMania. So he feels like no one's worthy of facing him. So instead of like having a main event at WrestleMania... He's choosing to fight for an hour in a Royal Rumble match. Does that make any sense to you? No. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he's Brock Lesnar, so maybe track. Like, maybe he just thinks I can throw everyone out of the ring in one go. Like as soon as they come it's in, it's still an hour of exertion. Where if he really truly feels like he doesn't have to, like you know, if, if no one's a real threat to him. Then he should just be like, oh, well, I'll beat anyone who faces me. I'll just take off the next three months. And, you know, when Mania comes around, I'll beat them no problem. So it's a little weird logic-wise, uh-huh. right? Do you, do you think that he'll go for the record for most eliminations? Yes, I do. Who holds it right now, Reigns? I believe so. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I feel like he'll eventually get thrown out. And whoever throws him out will be his yeah. opponent for Mania. Um who that might be, I don't really know. <laughs> this is really a weird like Royal Rumble for me because I feel like, you know, the the road isn't clear right now. Like the, the direction they're headed, I, like I I have no clue, and I mm-hmm. don't feel like they have an idea really where they're going at this point. So um, 
it usually, you know, when Rumble comes around, you have a good idea what direction they're headed. And that's not the case this year. And I kind of like that in a weird way, um, where I feel like it'll be a legitimate surprise. Um, it's probably Roman Reigns, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fucking headline it for like a sixth time. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, no, I I really, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they're headed. Um, We've heard rumors that Edge might be coming back. Um, People are feeling strongly about like Drew McIntyre. I still don't think they've done enough to build him up. Um, They did this weird thing with Lesnar on Raw Mm -hmm. um, this past week where, I guess it was a weird thing, but I just don't think it's really headed anywhere. Or maybe it is. Um, they had Ricochet come out and confront him, and then Lesnar just kind of like kicked him in the nuts and walked away and laughed at him. So I feel like they're setting up something there. Hopefully, they're not just burying Ricochet for no reason. But which, they could be. They could be. <laughs> but Heyman's supposed to be high on Ricochet, so um, I feel like he's kind of protected. Heyman's got like a core set of characters right now mm. that he seems to be, you know, really pushing and doing a pretty good job of in the last couple months. And Ricochet is one of them. So. Um, I think I just don't want to hear Ricochet's awkward superhero promos up against oh, Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania God. for like three months, you know? And then listen to the announcers compare him to Spider-Man over and yeah. over again. Holy shit. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Super Superheroes are real, exactly. right? Oh, God. I don't know why they have to brand everyone. Um, it just ruins their character. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering if Ricochet's the person who ends up throwing him out. Um, I could also see Keith Lee, like, you know, having a big rumble match. Maybe, but... And after, eliminating him. Like, that'd be a huge moment for him. After winning the North American title, I feel like that just takes him off the board as a winner. Vince doesn't give a shit about the North American title. No, but just... After the way they pushed him at Survivor Series, I find it hard to believe they don't have big things in store for him. So, um... You know, regardless of how Triple H is pushing him right now or whatever mm-hmm. he's doing with him on his show, I could definitely see, you know, Keith Lee being called up sooner than later. Whether or not it's like, you know, making a big impact at Roy- at the Royal Rumble or like even facing Brock at WrestleMania, I feel like something huge is in store for him. Um, how, how great would it be if it was Kofi? It would be fantastic. <laughs> and let me tell you why. If Kofi throws out Brock and gets a little bit of revenge and, like, they have that, like, oh, shit moment that no one was expecting, mm-hmm. that would be great. You know? And it's like, oh, we, we've been saving that. You know? Like, bullshit. But, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and, like, kind of reignite Kofi mania. Mm-hmm. I think that could do it. Where then now you've got, you know, a whole, like, vengeance storyline with Kofi. Him going after Lesnar. It would also be nice to see him win a, a Royal Rumble for once. You know, yeah, instead of him doing the stunt thing yes, every single year. every single year. <laughs> Just like, to fail, like, he, five seconds afterwards. He could pass the torch now to, like, you know, Ricochet and mm-hmm. let him be that guy. Um, but, yeah, no, I, that would be cool. That would definitely be cool. I don't think they're going to do it. Um... <laughs> But I, w- I would love to see it. So, um, all right. So, let's get down to brass tags. Who's winning the Royal Rumble? I have no fucking idea. That's the problem. <laughs> um, but but I think it's not just because you haven't been watching. Because I've been no, watching, yeah. kind of, and I still have no idea. <sighs> Come on, man. You got to pick. I got to pick. <sighs> Jesus. 
Think how smart you'll feel if you get it right without <laughs> watching the, the fucking product. We gotta put money on this some here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna see Ricochet now seems too easy of an answer, especially since they brought it up. You know, I don't think I don't think he'll win it. I think if, if that happens, I think it'll just be more of like he's gonna continue his feud with Lesnar. I'm gonna just say Roman Reigns. It's, it's never a bad bad. That's the safe answer, right? <laughs> All right. Because I was kind of going to say Roman Reigns, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say Reigns uh-huh. because you said it. Because um, I feel like they've been keeping him in the wings. You know, I feel like he's going to end up facing Bray Wyatt no matter what at Mania. I mm. feel like that's the SmackDown title match. Uh, but that doesn't mean he has to win the Rumble. Uh, fuck it. I'm going to say Edge. I'm going to say Edge debuts. Yes, re-debuts, you know, clears, you know, the ring of Lesnar and, you know, faces Lesnar you see, at WrestleMania. I think they're going to save Edge to, like, the Mania after. I mean, not the Mania, those Raw after. I don't know if they, I think they want to cash in on his, you know, on the marquee. But, I mean, I could see them doing that. Mm-hmm. So. It's because everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be there. That was one. That was the first rumor I heard yeah. about Royal Rumble this year. Was Edge? I'm surprised to go see him. See if not showing up. It's <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> He's not showing up. No. <laughs> I still like hold out hope for AJ Lee to like return in some fashion. Like I love to just see her mm-hmm. in like the Rumble match as a one-off or something. I don't know if they would be willing to do that. I'm sure there's still tons of bad blood between you know the punks. And you know WWE, um, so I, but I, I'd love to see her in the ring again. I really would. She was such a talent. So um, there's also the rumor that Paige is supposed to, you know, be on. Mm. A she was mocking it this week. She uh, was, but that could be bullshit. True. You know, um, yeah. No, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do we get any surprises? I think. I mean, there's always going to be like legends and stuff in the match, but I don't know. I feel like this is going to be the year. Where it's going to be the least amount of surprises happening. Well, was there any big surprises last year? Um, I don't feel like there was really many big surprises I can't last remember. Year. The last time I had a good time with Rumble was, you know, when... AJ Styles? Uh, no, when Asuka and... Um, Shinsuke? Shinsuke won, you know? So that was the year before last. Exactly. <laughs> so, it wasn't too long ago, though. No, and I... That I, was satisfying. Exactly. It, it, it went nowhere. <laughs> they both <laughs> lost their media match. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, no. Who the fuck won it last year, Seth? I believe so. Okay. Um, yeah, he's not winning this no. year. <laughs> um, Could I, you imagine the promos he would pull saying, I won it two years in a row? Uh, yeah. It would, be, it would be good stuff. So, I find the new like heel turn mildly amusing. Um, they're going a little too over the top, especially with like the fucking black glove and shit. Um you know, at first it was like, it seemed like it was coming from an organic place and mm-hmm. everything, you know, with the whole fan thing. And now it's a little cheesy with the whole Monday Night Messiah and they have to say it a thousand times on the show. <laughs> um, but it, 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 I don't, the glove is so stupid. It looks like a winner's glove. It, do, it looks like a winner's glove. It doesn't even look like a cool, like, black leather glove. It looks like something he, like, found, like, on the, like, floor of his car and he can't find the other glove. Matching glove. <laughs> Like, it makes no sense. But could you imagine if it was still, like, Corey Graves on the team? What do you having mean? to do Midnight Messiah every fucking five minutes? Oh, God, yeah. Because yeah. he'd be 
Monday going night, nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I do like Buddy Murphy joining that team, though. I, I do think that's good for his character. He's another one of Heyman's mm-hmm. like, pet projects. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping for big things with Aleister Black. Um, I, I feel like they've been doing great things with him, and I do like the tandem of Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. So, just to get that out of the way. Yes. We haven't talked wrestling in a long time. <laughs> but it's getting late. So, I think that's going to do it for our Royal Rumble uh, preview. All right, before we go, we want to make sure that you check out dramacityproductions.com and also bigheadmedia.com. Great podcast on both uh, websites for you to check out. Along with us, right? Exactly. Uh, you can also check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms uh, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, all that good stuff. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe and leave a five-star review while you're there. It means the world to a small independent podcast like ourselves. If you enjoy any of the stories that we talk about, you can see the full versions of the articles on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Definitely give us a follow. Yeah, we're constantly posting all the latest in nerd news along with tons of memes and, you know, uh, information about the upcoming shows. Yeah, like that that hot new Tinder meme that you've been posting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so trendy. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to TeePublic. We have awesome merch on that. And then we also have it on ProWrestlingTees.com. That's right. Go ahead and pick yourself up a mug, a mouse pad, a blanket, some wall art, I don't know, some boxers. Right? A thong? Can you get a thong? Now that would be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We need to talk to T Public today. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) Which one of us are going to model it, though? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on. (laughs) Alright, so also be on the lookout for a Patreon page from the Maisie Nerd Show. Uh, that should be coming within the next week or two, I believe, right? Yes, that's what we're working on. We've been recording already. We've got a couple like segments already planned. Um, we're just going to be bringing you tons of extra content. Exactly. But it's also a fun way for you guys to help support the show. Um, but we're going to definitely make it worth your while. Um, we, I think we're talking about doing like four or five segments every month, if exactly. not more. So, um, you know, reviews. Um, I think we're going to do some retro reviews yes. also. Um, countdown lists. Countdown lists. Uh, we're going to start talking comics more again. Um, we've kind of fallen off track with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're hoping to like, you know get back into the groove of things and really be able to like do some deep dives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all for you listeners. And you know us. These are going to be full segments. We don't know how to not talk for at least 30 minutes. By we, he means Damon won't shut the fuck up. So it's definitely so, going to be worth it. Yeah, it's, it's a way to stop these episodes from being four hours long. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Um, But that's going to do it for this week. Stay tuned next week. We're going to hopefully bring you a review for the movie The Turning that's coming out this weekend. Um, And we'll also have a recap and review of the Royal Rumble. Yes, let's see how right I was. (laughs) Or wrong. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my name's Christian. And my name's David. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. That's great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man! You finished. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.